Warning, content not suitable for children. Listener discretion advised, yo. Hey everyone, quick message from Tucson's Rising Phoenix Fitness and Defense. Help treat anxiety and depression with martial arts training and education. Develop the confidence, skills, and fitness you need to stay safe. Our focus is real-world self-defense tactics, practical and effective for everyone. You can find them at 4500 East Speedway Boulevard, number 4, Tucson AZ 85712. Or you can call them at 520-838-1592. They are open from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. So hit them up. Learn martial arts, very therapeutic, and you can learn to kick ass and kick depression's ass as well. So um, hit them up. Screaming Chewy Show. Your source of entertainment and overall fuckery. And it starts now. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Screaming Chewy Show. And I'd like to welcome special guest, author, writer, Ed Green. How you doing, Ed? Pretty good. How you doing? Pretty good, man. So you go by Chewy? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Had a good friend I grew up with my whole life. His name's Chewy. <laughs> nice. You know, my name says Suze, but everybody calls me Chewy. Uh-huh. That's cool. Um, yeah, my neighbor behind us. I raised her youngest son. His name's Jesus. <laughs> but we called him Pelon. <laughs> hey, that's a Mexican thing. You know what I mean? It seems like instead of names, we just use like a description, like a bordo or something. Or <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> man, and uh, so how's the weather, man? Not too bad. You don't want to be out in it, which sadly I have to do after this. I've got to go about 10 miles uh, to my uh, best friend's uh, mom's house. So we're going to be out driving in the snow and all this crap here in a little bit. Got any uh, snow snowmobiles? No, I don't. I do have a four-wheel drive, though. That's a must living in Colorado. Damn, man, Colorado. There's some good weed over there. No, oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, hey, how do you think I got the green man? <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> I didn't put that together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, oh, yeah. There's a lot to choose from. I mean, most of these places you go into, you probably got 30 choices just in flour. So, <laughs> does that help you write better? 
Yeah, yes, actually it does. I don't like to cop a bus and just ride, let's say, with a bus purposely. But like when I'm riding and I'll have a hard time thinking, well, shit, I can't figure out where to go next. And I'll just take the head off the bowl and chill, let my mind clear a minute, right back to it. Just to get off that plateau, right? Yeah, it's like, okay, I'm stuck here, so let, let's just clear the mind. Oh, yeah. So, Ed, um, what got you started on writing, man? Have you always wanted to write? Uh, yeah, actually, I've been writing since high school. Um, I actually won uh, my senior year. They had a poetry contest that I actually won. And then a few years later, I was good enough that I was one of the top 500 picked from across the globe to go compete at the International Poet Society in um, D.C. And so I've always had my fingers in it, <clears throat> always dabbled with it. Uh, didn't really take it serious until I think 2012 is when I found out a uh, family member of mine became the first writer. And I'm like, uh, yeah, no, we're not having that. I'm supposed to be the first writer. <laughs> and so that that's when I started writing, but I didn't get my first book published until uh, 2019. Damn, man. And uh, how many books have you written? I just completed my 11th. And I'm starting on my 12th, which is this next book will be part of my children's series, Don't Let the Bed Bugs Bite. And then my next novel is going to be, it's titled Pink, and it's about rats. Wow, that's that's interesting. You're uh, talking about rats. I just recorded an episode. I haven't aired it, but it, it's about a rat experiment called Universe 25. Okay. <laughs> but Yeah, know. that's what happens here. They're experimenting on. And it's going to be kind of like the um, Planet of the Apes, but rat style. Oh, hell. I think that'd be scarier. <laughs> yeah, because these rats actually, because they're smart enough, and they're going to actually eventually, the way they're going to work it is that all the rats on the entire planet are going to come together in unison. Yeah, rats are very, very smart. They're They're more intelligent than people think. Oh, it's crazy how intelligent these dudes are. So, yeah, we're in for a world of hurt. <laughs> Especially yeah. when they get to the size of freaking cats, bro. Oh, my God, dude. They could chew you up. They have some sharp-ass teeth. Yeah, we just recently, we've been watching documentaries on rats to give me an idea. And, like, in New York, I think there's something like a half a rat to every person. So, like, if 8 million are there, there's, like, 4 million rats. Fuck, bro, that's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. That's kind of scary to think about. <laughs> you know, I heard they get big over there, right? Like, like the size of chihuahuas? The ones I've seen, I've seen some pictures of them, and we're talking a good-sized house cat. They're just getting bigger and bigger. Oh, hell no. I think you're right, bro. It's heading that direction. Yeah. You get tackled by five of those and about 20 of the small ones, you're done, bro. They get you on the ground, you might as well say your prayers and ask them what you want to bite and chew first. <laughs> Throw some cheese at them and run. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, tell me about your... Oh, my bad. Go ahead. No, I was going to say the same thing. Go ahead. Uh, tell me about your 11th novel, your, your newest uh, book coming out. 
Well, this one's kind of actually funny when I talk about it because I'm actually more of a horror writer. I do horror. I got science fiction. I've got crime. It's all in the lines of thriller and suspense. And uh, my uh, the female members of my family and friends wanted me to write something not so intense. And so I decided that there's a song that has always haunted me since a kid. And this is going to tell me your age. Tanya Tucker's Delta Dawn. Do you know it? I don't, I, I, I can't think of it. I, I don't think I do. You probably don't. It's, so it's an old song from the 70s. And so it's a really sad song about a girl who has a bad life and things just aren't going good for her. And so um, I decided to write this, go ahead and write it about Delta Dawn. And it's my first stab at romance. And once I finished it up, I had to sit back and laugh because I actually considered a chick flick. <laughs> so I wrote my first chick flick. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, got to change it up a bit, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm not one of these writers that, oh, it's not my genre. I'm not going to write it. No, I'm thinking it, the way I look at it, if it's a great story idea, write it. I don't care what genre it's in. Because if I throw it away, hell, I might be throwing away a bestseller. There you go. And, you know, it just shows how much talent you have, you know, that you don't just have one genre. You're actually able to do more and expand. Yeah. I, like right now, I've got another 22 book ideas in the pipeline. Wow. 20. So what? You just get an idea and you just write it down, bookmark it. I, if I get an idea that I think is, I love it, actually, I write it down and I go ahead and design the book cover. So for every one of these stories in the pipeline, the book cover is already designed to go with it. Oh, that's smart. I bet you, that gives you more inspiration or a clearer view about it, right? It does. I actually, when it's time to start writing my next book, I take that book cover and I use it as the screensaver on my phone and my computer, so I have no choice but to look at it. Nice. And so, the, like, since right now you got these 22 book ideas, um, do you, like, tackle different ones, like, do little by little on all of them or just tackle one and focus on that? The novels, I don't. Yeah, I only do one novel at a time. But I do at times while I'm writing that novel dabble with my children's series, the Don't Let the Bedbugs Bite series. And so that one I do. If I'm writing a novel and let's say I just need a break or something, I'll spend a couple of days playing with the kids' series. So is that uh, based on your childhood, like like your your story, the um, Don't Let the Bed? I'm. Let's just say I grew up on the Adams family and the monsters. Um, my first horror movie, my stepdad took me to was I was five. So I've <laughs> I've been introduced to this creepy off the wall world since I was a kid. And so nice. my bed bug series, it's for those Wednesday and Pugsley Adams. So if you just happen to have a kid that would fit in that category, this children's series would be right up their alley. Uh, each one's a little scary thing about what's under the bed or what's in the closet. Uh, they come in a rhyming form to introduce the kids to how easy uh, rhyming at an early age. And then they also come with one short story 
to introduce them to reading something a little longer with a little more meat to it. Nice. And by the way, I'm a big horror fan as well. Like, same thing since I was a kid. I well, are you on the movies. Slasher app? On oh, Slasher app? Yeah. No, I never heard of it. Oh, you need to get on there, bro. It's called Slasher. It's for everybody that's into horror. People download all kinds of pictures about themselves. New movies we might not know about or have ever heard from. Awesome site. I definitely got to check that out. Thank yeah. you. Slasher, huh? Yep. And so um, so most of your books are horror. Um, it's a, so are they based on just your whole imagination or is there any inspiration behind them on, on the horror aspect? Um, most of them are based on just pop ideas that pop in my head. Uh, sometimes I do see things on, on TV or in life or in movies or even music. I'll catch something and it'll be like, that's a great title. My earliest novel before Delta Dawn was Real Skin. And that one, I, that idea came out, I was watching the news and the fire department had to go to a storage unit to put out fire. And it just popped in my head what creepy shit could be in a storage unit that could get the law involved. Oh, and so, nice. yeah, so that's Real Skin. And basically that one starts out inside the storage unit they find these light boxes like you see at a doctor's office where they show your x-ray, except each light box, I forget how many, I think it holds about 100 microscopic slides like Dexter did with blood. But each one of these slides has a piece of skin and a date to it. And they realize that there are over a thousand different skin samples inside that storage unit. Wow, that's fucking interesting. So that means uh, there's at least a thousand victims out there, right? Yes, they run across this. They realize they have a serial killer. And by the time they're done, they come to find out that he's been doing it for over 20 years. You know, and the scary part is there's real shit like that out there. Oh, I know. I watch those. We watch those shows all the time about the creepy neighbor or kids that kill. or And I'm telling you, you look at your family members and friends a little differently after that. <laughs> yeah, like the Golden State Killer, after 40 years, they, they found him last last year, or th this year, I believe. Yeah, I think they found him through, uh, like, a family member's DNA. They just yeah. kind of connect, and they're like, okay, so we have a relation. And yeah, they'll get you these days. And you know, like, for 40 years, they couldn't find him, so this guy was going to barbecues, family events, and you could have been right next to them and nobody knew. Yeah, that's what's scary because you think about it. Like um, BTK killer, he had a family. What do you do when they come by and tell you your daddy's been a serial killer and you sleep in the same house with him? That's... I don't know if I'd look at life the same way again. <laughs> right? Or like the Zodiac killer or killers they never found. Yeah. What? It's creepy. For one of my, um, when I was uh, researching serial killers, this is what's really scary. There are now, just in the United States, 40 serial killers per state. What? That's the average. 
That's so there's true. a good chance you've walked by one. Everybody's walked by one at some point in Walmart or who knows, getting a Chick-fil-A sandwich or whatever. While he has somebody in the trunk or something. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> so what do you think makes somebody a, a killer like that? Do you think that uh, that nature versus nurture thing? I think it's both. I think some, I mean, when the kid is killing animals at the age of five to eight, I don't think that any kind of bad nurturing had anything to do with it. But then you get those that were raised and in their head they're right, but they were raised in a bad situation, and that's all they saw. I think that affects them too. So when you get the combination of they're already born that way, and then you add that other to it, at that point, I think you, you're just going to get a killer no matter what. Yeah, you're 100% right. I, I believe the same thing. Like, um, what's his name? Um, shit, he was very popular. Ted Bundy. Yeah, with the women. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, when they interviewed him and stuff, he loved the attention. And he would say that he had a messed up childhood and stuff, but his family, they, they said that was a lie. So he was trying to blame his actions on his childhood, but they said he had a good childhood. Yeah, that's just it. I, I think they're if they have a good childhood and they don't have that kind of spirit, I think the kid would be fine. You know, we all got our asses beat. That doesn't make it a bad childhood. I just learned don't mm -hmm. touch that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so that's not my parents' fault. But yeah, I, I think him, um, Dahmer, you know, he was killing animals when he was a child. His first murder was between 16 and 18. And uh, you listen to his story, and he was loved. It's just that I think that some are just born that way, there's, and there's no change in that. Yeah, you know, the uh, psychopaths, you know, they have no emotion, no uh, empathy. But what drives them to kill, right? Like, because I, I believe you could have no empathy, but I don't think it'll make you want to kill. I, I don't know. I think it's just they don't care. And because they don't care, what's it matter? Let's see what happens. They're, they mm -hmm. just don't have that off button or that no button. You shouldn't do that. They're missing that one angel on the shoulder. They only got one instead of that second one. Oh, man. that's that. Wow, you put it in a good way. I like that. Um. So, have you been interested in serial killers your whole life? Because I have. <laughs> you know, yeah, I've always, as soon as I started watching horror movies, and then you learn some of these are based on real people, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre is based on Ed Gein's. Well, if I love the movie, then let's see why they did it. And I started reading about serial killers and learning that, you know, that's where some of our movies come from. Yeah, so the monsters they're are interesting. Here. They really are interesting because I guarantee we all have a family member that we probably think, yeah, I don't know if I want to sleep on his couch tonight. Right? I mean, Ed Gein was making like uh, belts and, you know, stuff uh, like leather out of people's skin, right? Yeah, he had uh, furniture made out of bones. He had chandeliers made out of the bones he dug up. Uh, he had one gal's face that he had cut off in a paper bag and 
Oh yeah, this that dude was just out there. You ever seen that movie, um, House of a Thousand Corpses or Devil's Rejects? We've seen all three. My buddy is addicted to them. I even bought him the from the three from hell set that came with its uh, Otis's T-shirt. <laughs> nice, you know a lot of those movies get a bad rep, but I, I love those movies. I like them because it helps me realize I'm going to recognize that fucker before he starts killing. I get the hell out of here, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, man, Rob Zombie. He's uh, you know, even though he's a uh, rock star he makes pretty good movies as well he does i was hesitant when he first redid halloween but after watching it i was like wow okay the man's got talent besides just music yeah i think he he made halloween more violent yeah and we got to see it more from michael's perspective and that's what i liked about it we got more of an insight view of what happened to him that's true into his childhood and all that. Yeah. So where are you located at besides being in uh, New Mexico? Oh, I'm actually in Arizona. Arizona. Um, pretty close to New Mexico. I'm in Tucson. Okay, right on. Wow, no wonder you're warm. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty nice. It's like maybe 70s or 80s during the day. We get that, and let's see here, from about March till almost August, September sometimes. It does. This is the thing I'm about, I love about Colorado. It usually only gets in the 90s for about six weeks. We might hit 100, but after about six weeks, you're back to normal 70s and 80s. It's wonderful. Oh, that's perfect right there. That's perfect weather. Yeah. I grew up in South Texas in a town called Rockport, just outside Corpus Christi. And I to this day I cannot stand the heat. Yeah, it, it you know you definitely need AC down here. If you have a swamp cooler, you're gonna be fucking miserable. Oh wow, you guys would. Yeah, and, and like especially during the summer and the monsoon season, it rains a lot, uh, so it's much. really humid. Yeah, I took care of, I used to do landscaping back in South Texas. And one of the houses I took care of, the owners were from up north. And I'm out back and I go to open one of their um, outdoor laundry rooms. They had a swamp cooler in it. And they had it running and it's probably been, they've been gone at least six weeks. Everything in that room was green and dripping. Oh, man, that's disgusting. Oh, yeah. No joke, bro. I opened that door, saw that, shut it again, hoping I didn't breathe shit in. <laughs> Fuck, man. That's crazy. The bar is open. Sit back, grab a cold one, and get ready for the news you didn't even know you needed. From the frozen wasteland of western North Dakota to the tropical playground of Florida, it's time for tales of wonder and amazement. Put the kids to bed and pour yourself a drink. Lock the doors and close the blinds. Break out the cocaine and hookers. It's time for Happy Hour News.
right, so I'm sure you've noticed I've been getting a lot more celebrity guests on my show. And this is all thanks to Steve Joyner. He's a publicist. And man, this guy takes his work seriously. He does not fuck around. And this guy is keeping me busy, yo. He, yeah, I'm just getting so many celebrity guests. Thank you so much, Steve Joyner. And um, if you yourself are an actor, director, producer, and you are looking for a, a publicist, do not hesitate to contact Steve, right? He is a really cool guy. You'll love him, okay? His phone number is 816-605-4561. Or if you would like to email him, it's uh, all one word, starts with a capital S. And it's stevesjnetwork at gmail.com. So again, starts with a capital S. And then it's T-E-V-E-S-J-N-E-T-W-O-R-K at gmail.com. Tell him Screamy Chewy sent you. You will not be disappointed. And uh, yeah, so big shout out to you, Steve. Thanks again, bro. Peace. So, um... Uh, what do you, so this uh, whole quarantine shit, uh, has it made you more productive? Um, well, I'm on disability because I got arthritis really bad. So I'm always at home anyway. And so it hasn't affected me in that sense. Um, and because we're in such a rural area, other than a few places not allowing you inside, life hasn't really changed out here. Oh, that's Um, good. Yeah, you know, we can still go to the stores. We can go to the convenience store, you know, and you got to wear your mask and stuff. But riding-wise, no, I'm I'm already at home for that amount of time, so it it didn't affect me in that matter. Uh, What it did affect me was right when they declared it was last year, right around the time I was fixing to start my first uh, book signings. So before I could even step out the gate with all my new books and being a new writer, that door was slammed. So that way it has affected me because it's made it harder to become a known author. Man, it's just, fuck, man. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say it's it's affected the writing world bad because for some reason everything's become visual. So everybody's hooked on watching that TV instead of kicking back and reading and relaxing. And so the entire field of publishing and writing, which I did not expect, has taken a major hit. I thought it'd be the other way around. Everybody's home. Read a book. Nope, not at all. That's true. Um, Do you think audio books might help in in that situation? You know, we've discussed that, me and my publisher and a few other authors. I can say as of right now, I know one person in my life, and I'm 51, that listens to audiobooks. I don't know anybody else that does. Yeah. So I, I don't I, I don't know if like, it's a waste of money or not. I like audiobooks, honestly, because uh um when I'm, I work 10-hour days, and I listen to a lot of podcasts, but once in a while, you know, I, I'll change it up to music, but audiobooks, that, you know, it's like a podcast to me. All right, that's good to hear, because it's, 
I've been doubtful whether to go that route or not because I'm just not sure. Like I said, I've only known once, and now you're number two. And I don't know of anybody else that really does. So, yeah, I've held back from that. Yeah, and then, um, you know, what I like about it is while I'm at work, I can listen to the book. I don't have to stop what I'm doing, sit down and read. Um, so, you know, I could I could stay active and keep doing stuff and listen to the book. Well, it's definitely a pathway that I'm considering. So I'm good. To hear, I like hearing that from you. That actually gives more of a positive vibe to that decision. Yeah, man, it's it definitely a change from the traditional books. But, uh, you know, I, I like it. It's a good change, if you ask me. Well, that's what I'm noticing is today, everybody's more, they look visual. So they're either wanting to hear it over the radio or they're wanting to look at it. It's, it's kind of sad, but I think book readers are going kind of way of the dinosaurs because of the way society and technology is changing. So, yes, definitely to survive these days, you're going us as writers, we're going to have to change with it. We're going to have to figure it out. Very true. Got to adapt, man. That's it. If you're going to survive, got to do what it takes. Well, you know, it's good to have, um, you know, the physical books itself because maybe one day after an apocalypse, there's no more internet and there'll be no more audio books and we'll just have the physical. Yeah, um, yeah, because I grew up before internet. I was my senior year, my senior year is when computers first came out of school, and most people are not going to know what a trash 80 is, but it was like the first floppy disk computer, and the screen was green, and that was it. So, yeah, I, I was in, I came from the age of actually reading books. Yeah, you know, like everybody knows a lot nowadays because they could just look it up on their phone or device. But maybe one day there'll be no more internet. What are you going to do? Yeah, they're going to have to go back to book reading. <laughs> Learning how to cook. <laughs> <laughs> right? After we all fucking um, <sighs> try to fucking kill the rats because they're trying to overthrow our... Yeah, I... I... I can't wait to write this one. This one's going to be out there. And um, I shared the idea with my buddy Jeff here. And uh, he's just like awestruck as I tell him the storyline. It just, and as I tell him this, what pops up on TV, a thing about rats. And so we watch it. And once he realized, he got to see what I've already studied on how intense and smart these things are and how many there are. Then at that point, just the thought that it could be true, he's like, you need to write that book. You need to. That's going to be a really fucked up one. <laughs> yeah, that's that sounds pretty fucking scary. And um, so have you done, a, uh, are you doing a lot of research on maybe like rat behavior and stuff? I'm doing research on rat behavior, rat populations. Um, a lot of people don't know, but um, there's a scientist that took the brain of a rat and he was able to digitally insert its complete neuron process into virtual reality. And so he can now study it and watch it and how to make it smarter and how to manipulate it. And so because they're already, I don't want to give that away. Let's just say, yeah, they learn and they're going to learn quick.
Holy shit, man. <laughs> wow. Well, just what well, was it about a month ago, they, I saw a big article that this is the planet of the apes scenario we don't want. They doubled the size of the a monkey's brain with human, using human uh, brain tissue. Wow. And you think um, if that happens, they'll use us for experiments like we use them now? Well, the title of my book is Pink. We're his lab rat now. <laughs> oh, shit. Nice. Yeah, so I've got it off. I don't want to give anything away, but before it's over with, humans are no longer the, at the top of the tier. We'll just go to that and say, they, they beat us. Wow. But I'm not going to give away what they're going to do with us. <laughs> You'll have to read the book. You'll have to read the book for that. And um, so as for your 22 ideas, um, it, how long did it did it take for those ideas to pop up, like in, in the time frame? Oh, they just, the ideas themselves just pop up at any given time. I'm, uh, I'm one of those who's a vivid dreamer. So, like, I can wake up in the morning and usually recall one to two of my dreams. And a number of those is where I've gotten stories out of already. And then just different situations. Um, I've got a short story fixing to be printed out in uh, Breaking Rules Publishing's January anthology. And it's called The Green and Yellow Shoe. And that whole idea came along the fact we're going over to the in-laws and uh, there's a green and yellow shoe sitting on the side of the road. And that thing sat there for over a month. I had to look at it every time we left and went to and from. <laughs> and so before I know it, I've got a whole story written about it. Oh, like a story of like how I got there? Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm trying to figure out how I got there and who, what happened. And, you know, why would it just be sitting there all alone? And then as it progresses, you're going to figure out maybe I know a little bit more about that shoe than you realized. <laughs> Uh, plot twist, huh? It has a plot twist. I love those. The ones that make you question everything. Like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. I've got one of my early books is called Just Jellies. And it's a serious one, a plot twist over the fact that we changed the oceans. And if you look it up, you'll find out this is actually happening right now. Because of global warming, the oceans are warming up so fast. The jellyfish population is exploding and taking over. And if we keep doing what we're doing, they'll eventually take over the oceans. Oh, wow. I could totally see that happening as well because uh, they like tropical. Um, uh, so they like the tropics, but because the oceans are warming up, they're literally spread out across the oceans now. The extra heat and the warmth actually causes them to produce even more jellyfish. And they're starting to find out some of these things are actually smarter than we give them credit for. Yeah, um, they say jellyfish don't have a brain, but doesn't the box jellyfish have a brain? Well, they're not sure now at this point if it's an actual brain or, or if the whole thing is a brain in itself. Because last night we watched a thing on jellyfish and this one guy realized that every time he made a move and went a different direction in the water, the jellyfish turned and followed him. 
So that takes intelligence. And so they're mm -hmm. thinking now these things aren't just out there floating around. They have a purpose, and who knows? They might be more aware of their surroundings than we realize. Very true, because uh, the box jellyfish has like four eyes or something like that. But you would think it would take a brain to process the information of what the eyeball is. You would think, but that's they don't. They're starting to think now. Maybe that whole gelatinous mass is a brain in itself. That's some alien shit, if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, that's something you're going to watch on Alien. You know, even like octopi, you know, octopuses, I mean, it, such weird and intelligent creatures. I mean, they're like an alien, too, you know? Yeah, that's what they're saying now. These creatures should be here. Where did they come from? Why are they so intelligent? I've seen more than one thing that people have talked about that. They might actually be aliens because they should not exist in the conditions and on this planet like they do. Yeah, they're so smart um, and uh, they could learn so much. Um, they could recognize human faces and uh, these uh, squid. I think they're called cuttlefish. They're like, oh, yeah, they grow like five foot long and they could be aggressive. And uh, many divers have said that these cuttlefish attack them and they tried to rip their mask off their face. Like, like the fucking squid knew you could drown without it. Yeah. I've seen a few of those on those documentaries and that the Bay of California down there where there's a high density of them. And they were talking to locals and the locals are like, you don't go swimming because you go swimming. You ain't coming back. They'll just eat you. They're that violent, aggressive. And that that is scary, man. Like it's like Planet of the Apes, apes, but underwater, you know, with squid. Well, I don't know if you've seen it. There's, if I remember, it's called Zoo, where the animals get smart enough, they turn on us, and they're not afraid of us anymore. It's on Netflix. Awesome show, bro. Well, I gotta check that out. It's called Zoo. If I remember, what it's called Zoo, and it's about the animals turning on us. And at that point, they just, they don't fear us anymore. That's scary, you know, because, I mean, well, what's funny is that um, I've heard that aliens, you know, that they're, they're very interested in us because they see us as just another species on Earth, right? We're like cattle or any other animal, right? But the thing about human beings is, how is it that we can train apex predators? We can train a fucking lion a bear to do whatever we want like no other animal does that in nature yeah i we're we're, we're a different species but I, I there's a cartoon i saw once where it shows the aliens flying by and locking their doors so i think i'd do that too <laughs> i don't know if i'd want us out there right now earth is like the florida of the universe <laughs> Yeah, watch out, they'll take you down. So uh, that's probably why they kidnap us. They're trying to figure out what the hell's wrong with us. <laughs> Have you written any uh horror like uh alien books? No, let me see here. No, 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 no. no, nothing like that yet. I do have one set in the future. Uh it's called Father May I. 
Uh, it takes place in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And what happens there is we're basically, the book starts out, we're hit like we are now. We've destroyed literally everything. And like they said, we're on the, on the borderline of mass extinction. Well, in the book, we invent an artificial intelligence and we call him father. And this machine has an answer to solve all our issues. But because we can't keep our hands out of the cookie jar, it won't do it until we surrender and obey its three laws of repent, convert, or die. That's its three laws. Simple and cut, no loopholes. Do it, leave, or die. And so he gives everybody a choice. And so the book's about in the future, a computer that takes over and a utopia. But things eventually go south for one of the people that uh, served the computer. And they realize that it's not really here for us. Um, I, I can let this cat out of the bag. The computer realizes it wants to live forever. And uh, it also comes to the conclusion because we have souls. That's the only way it is. So it wants a soul. And it's going to use us to get it. Wow. I, I love that idea, man. Father, may I? Yeah. It's my publisher's favorite one so far because he hates. He said he hated sci-fi. He's never liked it. And that's the first sci-fi book he's wrote. He's written, written, read. And he said he read it in one day. Wow. In one day? Damn. Yep. He liked it so much. He said, I sat down and read it in one day. And he goes, now I like sci-fi. <laughs> well, I definitely got to check that out. That sounds very interesting. Yeah, I don't know if any of my other ones have aliens, but they do have a lot of different like things dealing with different types of monsters. Um, so, because I know I've got one called the Darklings that's that's in the pipeline. Um, Real Skin is about a detective Jarrett. There's four more in the pipeline for that one. No, three more. Whoa. So that one's going to be a four book series. Wow. And um, so where can people find your books? Um, BreakingRulesPublishing.com, all one word, is my publishers. And they have, them, they have a, uh, where you can go to their little library of all their authors. Um, you can also find it on Amazon. I'm under, uh, if anybody has Google, just Google uh, either author E.A. Green or author E.A. Green slash The Green Man. And literally, you'll have 20 different things of mine pop up. And the books will pop up. Everywhere the books are available, um, which makes it easier. Um, but, yeah, on social media, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. I've got a YouTube channel where I put I do live readings. Uh, I I'll put all my book trailers there. So when a new book comes out, I make a video trailer to promote it. And so I'm pretty easy to be found. That's great, man. And, uh, I checked out your YouTube as well, man. I like your trailers. Good job. Yeah, thanks. Well, man, thank, I'd like to thank you for coming on. And uh, I definitely got to check your, check your books out. I think we have very similar interests with, uh, you know, monsters and horror, serial killers, even animals, you know, just the aspect of it. I find your the way you think very interesting. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm kind of weird. I'm out there. Like I tell everybody, it's a lot of these ideas are the clowns. They speak to me. <laughs> right. And then, you know, 
with the rats taking over, like, fuck, man, I never would have thought about that. Like, that's fucking smart. Yeah, I can't wait to write that one. So that's that's the next one I'll be starting on here pretty probably within the next few weeks, some month. Well, keep me posted on it, man. And uh, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, thanks, Jerry, man. It was nice speaking with you. Nice speaking with you as well, man. You have a good day. Right on, bro. Party on. Later. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. And if you'd like to support this podcast, check out anchor.fm slash screamingchewygmail.com. Any contribution is greatly appreciated and that makes you my producer. If not, that's cool. I'm just happy you're tuning in. And hey, Screaming Chewy Show merch. Yeah, that's right. At teespring.com. Just Google teespring, T-E-E spring, Screaming Chewy Show. Just Google that. It'll take you right there. And uh, yeah, you could buy hoodies, t-shirts, socks, masks, you know, if there's any stuff you'd like to see on there or purchase, just let me know and I'll add it on. And uh, yeah, you'll be rocking, styling, social media. Don't forget to follow me on there on Facebook, Screaming Chewy Show. I like to share memes, just make up stupid shit, share my episodes on there and just whatever. Um, Check out my YouTube video versions of my podcast episodes also in between episodes i like to add me streaming yeah watch me get scared playing a creepy game or die playing PUBG or some shit you know what i mean and uh yeah just check out my youtube and uh twitter it's at screaming chewy yeah not screaming chewy show i should change it to that but for now it's just screaming chewy and uh thanks again for tuning in see you next week peace